0: G'day, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode 171 with Mr. Lukather. We're going to continue on with Luke this week. I hope you enjoyed last week's. Had quite a few people ask about the solo at the end. That was something I did in uh, on a tour uh, a little while ago now. I was just, you know, they just caught, that wasn't me, it was Lukather. Of course it was Lukather, and it was on, uh, I think... Uh, I grabbed it from... It's off one of their albums. I don't even know which one. Look on Spotify. I just saw it there and thought that'd be great to post. Uh, anyway, it's... Yeah, Luke at his best, right? Just kicking ass. Uh, we had so much fun with Luke. We're glad you guys are enjoying it. Again, uh, Patreon members, if you want to join Patreon, uh, we're still... We, we haven't done the Quilter Ramp yet or the Wireworld Pro Audio Cables um but um they will be coming up very shortly Also, go to patreon.com or go to guitarwank.com click the patreon sign and it'll take you there and you can see what that's all about if you don't want to do that that's totally fine too you can uh you can still be in the running for prizes we can still do prizes uh for everyone as well as they come in uh also guitar mugs we're waiting for those still and t-shirts We've got extra large, I think, left. So we've got those. And we've got caps. We've still got Guitar Wank caps. That, uh, we've got a few of those left. So if you want to check them out, guitarwank.com or email us at guitarwank at gmail.com if you have grievances or um, comments or queries or any of that stuff. Uh, what else has gone on? Bruce is back in Carmel. He's resting up, enjoying good life. And then I think he's off on a little bit of a holiday before he heads down under with DL, Daniel D'Andrea and Bruce Foreman are heading down under. Check all the web, the internets for their dates and everything. They're going to be playing shows in Melbourne and Sydney. I think that's basically and Gippsland. Uh, Tralgon, Bruce is going to be doing a show in my hometown of Trelgan So uh, if you're in that area, make sure you check it out. It's it'll be a great great show. Uh all right. Got bugger all else to say, really. Hope all is well. Ah, oh, a big thanks to my German friends out there. Auf <laughs> Wiedersehen. Um I, I'm not really sure what that means. But anyway, uh, thank you to all the German people that wrote, wrote in recently and uh, giving us props. I really appreciate the feedback. Thank you so much for the, the lovely emails. It means a lot. It gets me right here, man. Uh, it's cool. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, it's better than the abusive ones we normally get. So that's great. Uh, also, you might have seen that Guitar Wank was in the top 30 guitar podcasts. Of all time. I think The best. The best guitar podcast. I think we are number 14. So technically we're in the top 14. So uh, I don't know how they gauge all that. Uh, maybe they didn't really listen to our show. But uh, yeah. So there you go. Bob's your uncle. Okay guys. Have a great one. Be safe. Take care. Enjoy this uh, continuation. We'll just continue on from where we left off last week. With Mr. Lukather. Thanks Luke. And uh, we will catch up with you guys next week for another installment Guitar Wank. This is episode 171. And I know what pops in your mind. Will they do a 200th show? Will Scott ever come back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many questions. Okay, well, uh, let's see what happens. Okay, guys, be safe. Be cool. And thank you for supporting support.
1: Luke!
2: Studying and working and practicing and seeing the seeing the brass ring and going, you know, th- there was such thing as the minor leagues back then, you know, demo sessions and stuff, you know, you pay 20 bucks a tune or whatever, yeah. you make a few bucks and you get your experience, you get your chops and how to, you got to bring it every time, you know, just throw a chord sheet or a lead sheet in front of you and count off a song, what are you going to play? Mm. It's a muscle that you can't, it, it's strange. People go, I want to be a session player, I want to do this. Well, there's two kinds. There's the guys that read every note flawlessly, and that's a muscle, that's a whole other muscle. That's, hats off, guys. There's some guys that do that stuff, and the jaw, oh, yeah. jaw-dropping ability, and, yeah. and make it sound like music. Yeah. Not just making the notes, barely. Right. right. You know, the reading ability, and the ability to facilitate other instruments, yeah. and... You know, oh, I'll do this uh, mandolin part and then switch over here to do and it's like, yeah, you know, one, two takes, next, M35, M36, you know, <laughs> we're going live to, you know, yeah. now everything goes to, you know, yeah. go, you know, goes to Pro Tools, so if, God forbid, you make a mistake, you could fix it, but there was a long time you couldn't. Yeah. And you didn't want to be the guy that fucked that up. Oh, no. And then there's the record guys. That you know would get sketches at best. You know there was a, there was rhythmic notation occasionally. You have to read a part, but I mean it was not the heavy lifting. You know it wasn't reading two part etudes and you know for John Williams. You know, what right. I mean? <laughs> okay, we're making it. You know, <laughs> eighty people in the room, yeah. sphincter tightening sessions. Yeah, right? right. You know, we were just a bunch of upstart rock and rollers that came in the next generation. Um, say like after. In my case, I'd say after Rittenhour and Carlton and Dean Parks, who's still in, it, still he's the granddad, He's our new Tommy Tedesco. Right. But you know, and then I, you know, when I came in, Jay Graydon was coming out. I, you know, Jay made some room for me and introduced me to everybody. Uh, still one of my closest buddies and genius, genius musician. Um, <clears throat> no, but getting uh, then all of a sudden we sort of came in and those guys were like jazz guys that played rock. Right. And we were rock guys that played whatever we had to play. Yeah. We weren't beboppers. I, I never transcribed Autumn Leaves. Uh, you know, I didn't do the Charlie Parker solos and all that, which I probably should have because it's a great deal to learn there. But I just went from being a school rock and roll guy to, learn how to learning music really fast. Yeah. And, and like really immersed in it, like the part where I cut school to study. Yeah. I'd pay my sister to do my bullshit work, and, and, you know. I'd fail the, the, you know, the Iowa test, which is the placement test. Like, are you smart? Are you medium? Are you genius? And they right. place you in the class going to public school. Yep. Which means different than this. It's like public school here is like paid for by the state. Right. right. So in other words, you just get what you get. You know. Fortunately, we had a great music program, but but I failed it on purpose. Right. Because I knew they put me in the idiot class where they're still doing like. You know, 10 plus 12 is how much in 12th grade <laughs> in your senior year? So I did that on purpose so I could cut school all week and show up on Friday, get an A on the test, and get a C in the class. And then the teacher knew what I was up to. Right. That was Like, like where are you going? What do you do? Yeah. Like, I'm a musician. Really? So, like, I'm not, like, cutting school getting into trouble, per se. You, you know, should. maybe have a beer or two or whatever, but, I mean, it was really... I'd cut... There was a guy that lived right across the street... Who didn't go to school but he was a genius musician i used to go practice with him and we played in bands together outside of other stuff but you know we were all just that's what we did we and we wanted to do it. and right at the end of being a teenager getting out of high school jeff Picaro, and david page had been involved in boscag's silk degrees record which was the big move low down big record big blue-eyed soul we're kind of where that all started you know sort of pop funk rock yeah L.A. style being, it, it sort of started right on that record, right about that time. And right out of high school, we joined the band, the live band. And by the end of that summer, Sony Records, the same label as Boz found out that Jeff, Dave were putting a band with us in it. And here I sit to you, uh, forty-three years later.
0: How how amazing it was that back then when you guys when you guys hit, like you became this. You know, you had a number one song and all. What was that like? Is that just like a dream now yeah does that just feel like a dream no that
2: i that remember happened? it well i mean i remember uh <clears throat> our first record to come out and we were like trying to get you know stations to play it yeah yeah old school you yeah know what i mean it was 1970 <clears throat> this would be 1978 so we worked started the album in 77 it came out at the beginning of 78 or something like that and i remember getting a call i was at my very first house you know because i was making you know i'm just Playing on sessions and stuff like that. Yeah, parlayed the boss money and some other stuff into buying a home. And uh, I was living in my first house with my before I married my first wife, with she was my girlfriend at the time. And somebody called. I think it was Paige called because we're on the radio. KMT, you know, we're KLOS, one of the two big rock stations. Yeah, you know, the ones we grew up listening to. Yeah, you know? KM, it was probably KMT then. I, and I turned. I got to my you know stereo system. I got to the tuner. I hit it. And it was right, the, the chorus right before my guitar solo, you know. And I heard it on the radio, the way it sounded on the radio with the extra, percu- you know, compression and all this. And it was like, and then the it ends, and it sounded great, you know. And I'm going, I was all excited, jumping all over the house. Lou, we're on the fucking radio, it's our song, man. It's us, man. <laughs> I was still, you know, I was just like twenty years old. Wow. And. Um, it was such an amazing feeling and then at the end the dj goes that's la's own toto you know and we were just like we then the phones started we we're trying to call <laughs> everybody's phones busy because we're all trying to call each other you know? yeah yeah old school like you know phones we still even we'd just gotten the push button phones you know wow. what I mean? we thought, that was big yeah, you know? it was
0: yeah. message machines you know the first cell phone looked like an <laughs> echo you know yeah, yeah, yeah the curly cord and everything yeah, yeah that's amazing man that's so cool
2: to look back on that and and I remember now, tour managers having to write receipts and writing down stuff on legal pads yeah. and stuff. Oh, man. So, how is. Lots of cash. Yeah. yeah. Which is always trouble. That must have been a trip. Just a, Suddenly,
0: you've, you've, you're kicking us. You're number one. You got cash. The world is.
2: We were playing all. You know, the sessions were started wailing. You know, everybody wanted us to play. And did. did so, the, it was like. We just did it. It was like, you know, it was working 24 hours a day, it seems like. Wow. So, But it was like the best times of my life yeah. ever. I mean, I look back at it now. When you're doing it, it's hectic, and you're like, wow, I'm busy, I'm doing this, and you're just in the middle of it. And you get to the other end of it, now I can look back after writing the book, and just looking back at it, like really grateful and amazed that I pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. And really grateful, but also really affectionately. You know, like, that's never going to happen again. No, it's never going to be that no, way again. No, nothing. Music well, is never going to be that way again. It's not going to be a bunch of guys that did everything, because now with, with a minimal amount of skill and the right tools, you can make really convincing, compelling records. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes really great ones. Yeah, not a lot of them. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of people think everybody thinks their album's gonna is the one. You know, what right. I mean, you'd be silly not to think that as yeah. a creative person, but. We all know a lot that many make the cut. Yeah, but it was—it's uh, you know, living through it old school like the way it was done, the way I imagined it, it was going to be is the way it was yeah. for me. Yeah, until it got weird and you know nobody expected us to keep going. Right, and you know, like we write songs and keys for our poor singers that were probably you know, a minor third too high. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was painstakingly gotten in the studio. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, I got to give it to Bobby, man. I mean, we worked him like a whole, you know, he was worked hard. And nobody expected, I mean, all the tenor singers, the high tenor singers in that era, now are in their 60s, even 70s. It's like, dude, of course we're we're lowering the key. Of course we are. You know, can you, you know, know, say you were a weightlifter, you know, and you were 20 years old and you could lift 300 pounds. Well, try that at 61 years old. Yeah, right. You You break in half. Yeah, You know, none of us run as fast as we used to be able to, so we come into it from a different I'm really enjoying. I just got this new book, Slaminsky for guitar, you know, yeah, a lot of it's nonsense, but occasionally it sparks all these great ideas. I am still like to do it for me. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. I'm not trying to be the fa- I mean, dude, I mean, I've been lapped so many times, it's funny, I'm like this old guy from the 70s, and, you know, this old guitar player guy, but uh, there's, there's new, these new cats that are playing stuff that's just in another land, man, I mean, it's so impressive, it's jaw dropping. Yeah. But, do, you, do you look if? But they don't do what we used to do. I don't know no. what would, if they would what, what they would do right. if you put them in a scenario where you put everybody in a room and here's a chord chart and you count the song up and you've never heard anything. No one's ever played you anything. Not even the right. song. Right. And what are you going to play? If you yeah. see, you know, a F of sharp of- minor. What you just, you just go ting, ding 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 ding. No, you ha- and you have to be aware of whatever. It, it's a it's a muscle that's strange. It's yeah. not everybody has it.
0: Well, no, it's not. It's
2: like it's people not the norm, it, It's now. like people that can lick their own eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are guys that can do that. Most can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what would Luke? What they're would you popular, s- by the
0: way. Yeah, very what, popular. What, looking back as a player then and a player now, what would, you, what would you say to that younger Luke playing back then? And you was like, how is your guitar playing?
2: Uh, or, or living?
0: No, nah, not living, because I mean that could be that could be a long. L- no, well
2: what would I say to myself playing wise? Well, you know, I was still trying to develop my thing. Yeah. You know, I was like, by the time we were working on the first album, I was still like, my balls were still dropping musically, <laughs> if, so to speak. You know, I mean, we were studying, but all of a sudden, I'm in there. Okay, what am I going to do? You know, I remember. And here's a funny moment during our album. It was right before I did the solo for "Girl Goodbye," which is yeah. on our first album. Pates rolls in. He goes, and he goes, hold everything for a second. And he goes, he goes, uh, Lukey, before you do the solo, I want to play you something. And he drops the needle on eruption on the first Van Halen record. <laughs> Needless to say, it was a moment. You know, right. it was a moment where I just went, you know, he's like a young guy, thinking, oh, I'm pretty good for a young guy. And then Ed comes along, and I just, it was like my jaw fell. On. It was funny because I'd heard about this guy Eddie Van Halen and his kids. We used to hang out at a Guitar Center, kind of at the same time. Wow. Okay. I talked to those guys. It was Alex's birthday.
0: Oh, I can't. You know, yep.
2: They're they're in the Europe right now. Hanging out. Anyway, uh, I heard him, and it was like, how the fuck does he, what is that? What, are you serious? Who the, I made him play it like three or four times. It was so good, it, it bummed me out. It was like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I thought I was pretty good, but man, this cat just rewrote the the whole book, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. And, and, it, and it was like, how am I going to, you know. And then I cut the cut the solo for "Girl Goodbye" that day, and I, that's what I think that's what inspired the real fast, lake at the end of it. I was going, is this what I got to keep up with now? <laughs> and you know, and you know, Ed and I have been friends for since then. You know, and and him and Al and I have always stayed friends. I love all the guys, really. You know, I'm I do not get into any drum. I don't really know David at all, but I know right. everybody else. Yeah, and I like them all. But uh, getting back to that, I mean, that really inspired. That was right. Well, our album came out right at the same time. Why we got shit on so much is because Punk came out the same year as us. The Sex Pistols album was out. The Clash had come out. And all the trendy hipster rock critics put us against them. Like saying, these guys are really cool and hip and these guys really aren't. And this is when then MTV hit and all of a sudden we have to be actors too. We have to... We were always really comfortable about being musicians, guys in 70s bands. If you had one good-looking guy in the band that was a plus, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it wasn't a deal breaker. We all went to see <clears throat> Leslie West and just and screamed for him as loud as we did for anybody else. It wasn't about how you looked. It's like how would you play? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it changed. You know, I didn't notice that uh, some guy had bad teeth or something like that. You know, I was fucking hey, I'm there in the front row. Yeah. You know, and I just made me love him more. Yeah. Now it's a whole showbiz package, you know yeah. what I mean? It's even worse now. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, it's funny because you know, there's a picture of me on our first album. I used to dress in torn up jeans, a T-shirt, a ripped up Pendleton, and my hair was disheveled. Worse than it, it, you know, like it was just ratty and shit. I didn't give a fuck, you know. Yeah. It was just this kid with, like, you know, Adidas tennis shoes on, bell-bottom pants, you know. But they were fucking ratty, you know. And I show up to the first photo session... And, you know, the record company, oh, you can't dress like that. You can't look like that. I go, well, this is who I am, man. What are you going to do? And then they doll me all up, put me on these clothes, cut my hair, and you see me on the cover (laughs) going like this, scowling. I'm not scowling trying to be a fucking tough guy. I'm scowling because I'm pissed (laughs) off. It made me look like a jerk. Then you edit to like, you know, 20 years later, and there's Kurt Cobain dressed in my outfit, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, you know, just a little too soon. Too soon, man. Too soon. Well, what about now with you playing? How do you feel
0: about, like, you said you picked up a book and you...
2: you... I always pick up a book. Yeah? I have an office full of... I just, it just, I pick it up to inspire something new. Not to copy lick for lick. I just kind of, let me open this up random page. Right. Let me see what's here. No, that's shit. That's no good. Let me find something. And I say, oh, this is... And then I take that and it causes me to create new shit out of myself yeah you know it's anybody that buys the lick book there's a book i heard you know, every jazz lick ever play is like oh god uh, not only is that wrong it's just dangerous too you know it's the same thing now it's like you you got a lot of times you can turn on a lot of people post themselves playing and it's all there's a sameness to it yeah yeah you know and it, some of it's brilliantly executed, and some of it's, you know, guys just learning, God bless them. Yeah. But in terms of vibrato, it was always like a thumbprint. Now they're kind of teaching you to have the same sort of vibrato, I'm noticing, though, particularly amongst the harder-edge players, you know. Or there's, a, there's, there's like three or four different schools of players, you know. There's the Texas Blues guys that are trying to recreate that, and then there's right. the Shredder guys who are doing that. And, and uh, there's a, and a lot of guys that are follow all those various different kinds of shredder guys, and they learn note for note the licks, and they post themselves playing that. And it's like, you know, is that going to make you a career? I mean, it's great if you're a young person to do that and learn it. Fucking A, it's awesome. But do you think because you can do that, that that's going to be your career? Because that's... I got actually I got banned from speaking at the berkeley school of music what you know it was funny (laughs) for just saying something ridiculous you know and i always like you know because i'm a silly man you know i give it a disclaimer look if i I may say say anything if you offend easily by swear words or sexual analogies you should probably leave now (laughs) i I, just the way i am i can't help myself yeah yeah and so everybody laughed. It was a packed house, and I did it for nothing. I just did there for the kids. They were going to oh, we'll pay you to come and talk to you. No, no, man, I'll give back. Man, please, you know, give the teachers a raise or whatever. Um, so I go and I do this thing, and everybody's cracking up, asking me questions. It's going well, you know. I mean, I'm. I had a guy sitting next to me, and I met Carl Beatty, who's the president of the old school. He's a lovely guy, and i We were talking, and somebody made an analogy about, you know. How do you get into being sessions, and what's that all about? What 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 do I need to be a professional musician, guitar player particularly? And I said something to the fact of, I said, well, man, you know, it's like you're at Berkeley, and you know, this is a competitive place, and in, in the era that we live in, shredding, which is listen, we all love it, we all want to know how to do it, you know, show me every trick there is. And we, we're all guitar players, we all want this. I said, but. A lot of times having that facility is like having a 20-inch cock. It's really great to show your (laughs) friends at the bar, but very useless most of the time. And got a huge laugh, right? And Carl, I look over and I can see Carl, and Carl goes like, because the week before Joe Walsh had been there and every other word was fuck, and he got into trouble for that, you know? They were telling me, well, Joe was swearing a lot, so maybe not so much, you know? I go really. Everybody's in college here. What are you yeah, serious? Yeah, well, right. What the fuck. So anyway, I go. Has, have you seen any of my interviews? I, yeah. mean, you know, I am what I am.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, and he laughed, and I and he was going fine. But I thought that was a pretty PG joke, considering oh, yeah. for a college crowd. Yeah. Right. And it made the analogy. It's like it's great to have all that, and impressive, but you can't use it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I said you, and then I went on before I realized I got into trouble because I didn't find out I got into trouble until the next day. Because some one girl yeah. got offended. Oh, yeah. there's, always, out of, there's always a, a room, one person, of, a room right? of 300 people.
3: One person gets offended, you know. That's, you know, the,
2: and this is before all the crazy me too shit. This is a few years back, but I was out in the room with Ringo. You know, uh, but I, you know, I, I said you really rhythm guitar. Put, put yourself in a position where you have to be the arranger, instant arranger. That was the muscle that we needed. When you, somebody put your sketch in front, it, it even counts off a tune. But you know, I mean, that's the same muscle
3: I need on my gigs, you know, the gigs I play. Right. You know, I'm a jazz player. So right. it's like every, i got to make something out of this and I have to be aware of what's happened before, well, yeah, what's but as a jazz around players, me, where we're going, you know, that's like the that's sensibility. That's, that's what playing music is and why you learn everything so that you have options. You know, like music is like making choices. Practicing is developing options.
2: Yeah, I'm also developing. Just keep, oops. God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, keeping your facility. You know, yeah. keeping your chops up. Yeah. Really, but it's like when I hear cats just practicing major scales or something. Like that, I go like, yeah. What are you gonna do with that? You know, yeah. it's good that you know what the notes are, but yeah. you wouldn't actually play that if somebody goes, Hey, Okay, ooh, it's yours. Ooh. You, it's you guys, funny when you think about it yeah really you guys think that that's probably what's
0: missing a lot in our society now is for players and musicians is the song
2: well you know it's funny I had another conversation with somebody recently about this you know think about the music if you could google right now the top 40 of 1967 and the top 40 of 1976 1975 or 1980 or whatever and see the quality of writing and the diversity of the music and the the musicianship and arranging and, and vocal skills yeah some of it might be a little raw you know tambourines way on top of the beat on a rolling stones record because when they mixed it they had no high end right. so when it went to cd and they didn't remix it that's why the tambourines are like jesus right somebody turned the transients down like fillings are falling out but you know there's there's something about all that you know there was just something real about it it was it made you feel good, and people would take chances sonically and harmonically, even in rock music. you know jazz music always obviously, obviously is is always been about what that it was meant to be whatever variation but rock music when I mean, used to take more chances now rock music, everybody's rock records sound the same, it's the same guitar plug. It's quadruple tracked and has the same <laughs> snare plugins because everybody wants to read. It's not the guys hitting it in the room that day with the temperature and the right mind. You know, it's right. it's just not the same. There's a sameness to everything, and harmonically, it's like the top forty now. I mean, you really half an octave you can get it. Yeah. There's no people chord changes are like okay, man, you know, you get, you're allowed to have one song that's A minor, F, C, G in your career. You better have started making records in the 70s. And, and you know, the other, you know, and the other bad ones, you know what I mean? The, the real obvious cliche changes, and you're going like, I don't understand why nobody's, like, then we were growing up listening to Steely Dan records and going, you can rock but still have change. You can be listening to, you know, close to the edge, you can see how the, the counterpoint melodies come back in, and they made a whole huge it was playing, yeah, they maybe they edited it together, but they they were coming up with these great thematic stuff, you know, and really virtuoso playing that wasn't about you know playing all sixty fourth notes it was yeah. Virtuoso playing on just the first of a originality original right. sound right, and you know trying not to sound like the other guy,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Everybody was really trying hard to not sound like the other guy. You wouldn't have any problem. You you would never confuse, you know, Jethro Tull's uh, Thick as a Brick with Close to the Edge or with Genesis selling England by the Pound. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's prog rock the first time around. Yeah. Before it became metal prog and all the (laughs) subgenres that it is now. But when we were coming up, you know, prog rock was, you know, yes, Genesis, ELP, and... uh, you know, a handful of the other bands that were have still stood the test of time yeah you know you go back and listen to Close to the Edge now it sounds fantastic you go like these guys were brilliant man yeah and now where's anybody taking a chance it feels like everything's being dumbed down I think society wise too like well, everything if you look if you can find grammar mistakes and, and spelling mistakes in the Washington Post and the you know the all the hard newspapers. Stuff that a junior high school, you know, paper editor editor of the school paper would find. And these are the brightest minds we have is is the movie uh what was the one <laughs> where everybody gets stupid. Uh, Idiocracy Idiocracy. Right. is now a documentary, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, think of go watch it again tonight and then kinda of look at the news and you know, kinda of rub your beard a little bit and go, wow oh, man. Yeah, this is not funny anymore. Yeah, this is starting to get scary. Now I'm going to stop there. <laughs> you can say it's scary on either side of the fence, and agree yeah. with me there. I'm not going any further yeah, than know. that. Yeah. But you know, things are different now. You do—they put reins on you. They put handcuffs on your creativity.
3: Well, we—you we, know—we've also, I mean, especially the time that we grew up. What music is in society? has changed I know what it is it's you know you know I mean it's like people experience music totally I mean like we sat in the room together listening to records went to concerts that's what all our all our dispensable income went to was buying records going to concerts checking stuff out and I mean not just us musicians but our friends. Everybody you know, did that. It was a community. Okay, it was a community. Now, a community now everybody sits with their earbuds. The music's going on while they're doing five other things. I mean... It, That's it, what it is. It, it's, the center, it, it, it's no longer become... It's not a focal point. A focal your, point. It's it's become a uh, a background...
2: Background noise for your multitasking.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And
2: so... TV's on, your computer's on, your phone's... You're getting text. Right. Your so buddies are over value. here, and you're listening to the music kind of, but you don't really... Oh, I like that song. Oh, yeah, play that one part again, and yeah. then they're gonna forget about it. And then they want put it on the playlist. Nobody listens to one artist's full album anymore. Right? right. Wow! They're, that's a big shift, right there big We used to get, you know, used to go listen to him. You get turned on to an artist for whatever reason, then you go, "I'm all in. I'm going to buy everything. I'm going to go see him." Right. And I'm when you listen to one, you two, listen you know to every it, you song. You know what
3: the next tune is going to be yeah. before it. You can start singing it in the key before right. it even starts. Right. I
2: mean, you know, it was like you knew every song on the album, and you'd yeah. be happy to hear any one of them. You'd have a favorite or two, but you'd be happy to hear any one of them. Right. And then you go and you hear a couple tunes to the new upcoming album. You'd be, oh man, did you hear that tune? That was a great tune. Can't wait to hear it you know what i mean, I mean everybody's trying to outdo everybody else there was no handcuffs on anybody you know they'd leave arsenal and they'd give them money to stay in the studio and create i mean we used to sit in the studio for six eight months man and just try tons of stuff and you know fail and then wow. there'd be great moments and there'd be you know it'd be cut over cut and it would be a hang it was like everybody was there and there was like three or four different studios you'd be in the middle Lounge. You meet fucking your buddies in the bathroom, and sometimes they go, "Hey, man, grab your amp and come in here. Let's do a solo for me or something." I get that you know fifth session in for the day. Yeah, it was great times, man. It was just the best times ever. And now, now all the studios are dying. All the cool restaurants we used to hang out, you know, Martoni's restaurant, which is right in the middle of all the studios. All there's, there's still. Sunset Sound, there's still, you know, a um, and which I can't call Hanson. It's called Hanson, now. Yeah. It's always going to be A&M to me. Capitol, which is another favorite room. Uh, but, the, but, you know, Conway. And there's a, one or two others. East-West, which used to be United Western. Yeah. and yeah, yeah. In Ocean Way, which used to be United, other United Western, yeah. um, but you know, but now I, you, I just look back on this is so fondly, you know.
0: Yeah, you you guys are lucky man. And now, if I need a drum part, I can call the guy across the other side of the world to
2: send the tracks, and he'll cut the drums. Do it while you're watching on Facetime or on Skype or something like that. Yeah. So, oh no, you can't. Yeah, We used to joke about it in the '70s. man. I want to phone my part in, man.
3: Right, we used to say that. Yeah, yeah. and, we'll and fall, now we'll you do. My part in. Right, then and, you and do. now you can
2: do everything. Yeah.
3: I mean, right. you have
2: your PayPal. First off, you have your own. Now this is how it's done. Now this is how Tim <laughs> Pierce, Mike Thompson, all these guys do it now. Uh, even Landau has a great studio in his house. Uh, all these guys, they kind of have to be one stop. And what they do now, they being who are the few people that actually use real gay, real cats now is they send a file mm-hmm. and you have your gear already mic'd up and all your options right there and you're the engineer or studio, your own self-producer and your own arranger and you or maybe talking to the person or maybe you're going to send them three or four different tracks of different stuff or whatever and they pay you a fee for the whole thing yeah. and, and that's how it's done now. Yes. Rarely is there a live tracking session. You don't
3: even have to put your pants on anymore.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. yeah, and your shoes, your Sunday best. <laughs> right? or your cowboy. Boots. Well, put you, you know, know. Be, there were some so many amazingly funny, hilarious times as well. I mean, it was that was the whole thing. It was like you're going. To, it was you're going to work with your best buddies. The hang, and, and been they the they best. gave the keys to the kingdom to a bunch of upstart, like you know, wise asses. <laughs>
3: Well, they, but they were smart cuz they were getting value out of it. And and it's really what's happened is a great time.
2: society
3: has changed. It's put a different value on it.
2: And we got uh, they've devalued music. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. They're like They're thinking like anybody can do it. Yeah. anybody can do that. Yeah. They've been poor film composers, you know, yeah. or the, you know that have to put in those hours and that's like rewrite, rewrite, you know, you know 50 cues a week or whatever it is. And you know to deal with the director, I oh, hate you spend you know two hours, three hours on something great, and I hate it. Yeah. And you have to be able to take that every day. At least they used to pay you a real good wage to do that. Yeah. Now it's like they get kids out of film school, do it for a grand a week. Yeah. Living at mom and dad's or, house, or And all the older guys are gone. They're history. Toast.
3: Yeah. Or they make you write a bunch of shit, and if they like it, they'll pay you for it. And if you don't, better luck next time. Yeah. Well,
2: see, that's even worse. They make you do the work and then don't pay you. Yeah, randomly right, oh, based upon yeah. whatever. Right. You know, if, if their wife yelled on them before they saw it, then that could affect your. Right. And they, thing. they
3: love it, and then they'll show it to somebody else, and they don't like it, or for some reason. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of like Troy
2: deals with all the time. Well, you know what? It's kind of like why I don't do it anymore. You know? Yeah. It's not. Plus, it's time to move out of the way and let somebody else have their chance. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're, the, you're, the guy, the TV film guys keep their jobs for life, pretty much. Yeah. Once you get into that scene, it's a very lucrative scene. And believe me, they get a way better pension, man. Ooh, boy, do we get a bad pension. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Well, you guys... Yeah, you know, if you're the third viola player playing footballs all your whole career, you're making six figures. If you're us, the to create from nothing, you're making like a grand a month taxable, you know? Yeah. It's like, really? we yep. you know, They were reading the part. We had to make up our part. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, I'm not being bitter about it. I'm just saying it was a different set of rules. Yeah. We got treated as lesser musicians by the musicians' union supposed to be looking after us.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. That's no, fucking it's fucking crazy.
2: It's irrelevant now because yeah. like you said, people make music in their homes. Nobody's nobody's joined the union anymore. You don't have to. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to join the union to pay dues. What for? So yeah. therefore... The pension guys that are getting pensions now are like biting their fingernails, going,
3: "Yeah, where's well, the? New guys, they've already yeah.
2: moved. They already sold the union down on Vine, and they right. moved it into a little building. We used to go pick up our checks, man. We used to get piles of checks, man. It was like Tommy the wow. desk be there trying to bet you for your top check and who had more checks. It was like who had the big swing of dick. It was. It was like you'd meet guys <laughs> down there and hang. And, Let's go get a drink, man. Wow, yeah, you could buy blow from the drum shop across the street, you know." <laughs> It was some fucked up shit. Old timers playing cards down below. It was like a cliche out of a bad 70s TV show.
0: It's so foreign to, well, it's foreign to me, but it just sounds like just such an amazing time, you know. It was.
2: Yeah. Of course no. you had to be
0: there. You had to be super good to oh, be no, a part you had, of
2: it. you know, to get, you know, it's luck to get invited. It's, it's not luck to get invited back. Yeah, yeah. Once you get in the door, yeah, okay, you're there. What do you gonna do with that right. opportunity? A lot, right. I, I saw a lot of great... Players that you'd see out playing, going that guy, motherfucker, man. You get him in there, the red light, the click track, and the pressure, and I don't know. This, you know, it's like, dude, you got to this is it, you know? Did you ever there there was there was one really super famous drummer, not a session guy per se, but like I'm rock drummer. I'm gonna go vague so you can't guess who it is. Yeah, that was baffled by playing a rock song in four four. <laughs> I had to cue him with a visual nod when the fill was supposed to come after the eighth bar okay wow. there's a guy that could sight read anything and could just facility beyond and you just go you kind of skip the part yeah I you didn't really skip the, the music. dumb part see nobody wants to to sit down and learn the dumb part they want to go from a to z yeah. But those L and M's in the middle there, man, those are real important to learn. You know what I mean? You know, that's that's time, groove, creativity. Okay, I don't like what you play. What else you got? Right. That's the whole life of arranging. You had to be an arranger. How many ideas you got for an F chord? I don't like that one. What else you got? Can you yeah. play a muted thing? now? but I don't like that. It's too busy, can you? And these are all going on right like that and you have to change on the spot and be ready. If you're playing with another guitar player, you gotta figure out who's gonna do what right away. And you had to listen to everything else right away. You know. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe some people out there don't know because I'm talking about like life with the dinosaurs or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you had, you know, there was no net. There was none. You had to get chucked in there and you had to give it up. And you had to have a, there was a certain confidence to it. When you saw the red light, that's when everybody dug in.
1: Yeah. Some
2: cats saw the red light and their eyeballs popped out and they got nothing. They just folded up like a house right. and they got fired. Right. I'd be like, oh my God, you come in and another guy was where the great guy that you thought, wow, I get, you there's another cat back, and you're going, oh, jeez, ouch, okay. Because you saw the cat meltdown, and you yeah. saw the frustration of somebody so good having such a hard time with something so easy. Right. And, it was and,
0: just, and oh. also
2: keeping with the click and knowing, and they're going like, you know, the lingo in the studio and how you handle it and how you handle like an artist that doesn't know what they're doing. And there's You have to, you know, how you deal with kid gloves, and there's a whole psychology that you have to have to it. Yeah you know even if it's a crap song or whatever like that you have to make them feel like this is the greatest thing in the world because and you have to give them the best you got sure and and that's what we did and we tried to make it fun and we you know we you know we'd show up and actually care about artists you know if we do a record that was really cool we'd pop in and like down the line go how's it going in here man you know listen they play us the tracks we played on and it's like wow man the look what you did the vocals are great you know it was a community, you know? We wanted to encourage. Everybody was like, would pop in and then we'd stop and play the latest shit, you know? Man, how was how was the Michael Jackson stuff with Quincy and that? How would looking back on all that shit? It's great, man. I was just a kid, man. David Foster introduced me to Quincy. Yeah. And, and the first record I did was the Dude record. Uh, and that was right after Off the Wall yep. with Michael. So that was a huge record. And then he went right into doing a solo record, The Dude. And I did that whole record. And he just took a shine of me, you know? We hit it off great, him yeah. and Bruce Wedeen, his engineer. And at the time, um, Ed, Ed Cherney was the second engineer. And Ed's now a very famous engineer in his own right, legendary. But he was the second on the gig. And we were just hanged, and, I got, and we just hit it off. I mean, he liked what I was doing. Rod Temperton was there, and Rob was very specific. He would sing you his parts. Yeah, He couldn't write, which is fine because it's a very complex, weird... Over the bar figures, and he was very specific. And he changed one note on the seventh bar, or something like that—a muted little figure. That he was very, and he had all these ideas what he wanted everybody to play. And he'd come up and tell everybody what to play, everybody what to play. And then when everybody did it at the same time, all this amazing shit came out. You know, he was like Rob was really gifted. God bless his soul. I was honored to work with him. Lovely cat. And, uh, you know, so I, I fit right in. I could morph into whatever they wanted me to do. I could retain what was given to me under pressure. Yeah. And uh, they all liked me because I was just a kid, you know. There was something they thought was funny, you know. But, I mean, I got to work with Stevie Wonder on that record. I got to do some amazing things with some great people. And then, so the next record after that, he was going to do. He goes, look, I want you to come in. We're doing Michael's next record. It's going to be big, and I want you to be a part of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, this is like that's. Really, at the moment when you go, yeah, I made me, I made the A team. You know what I mean? And uh, so that, that's how that happened. And then he hired us. And the first thing we did was uh, the McCartney duet. Oh wow! So you know, Jeff McCarr was hired, David Page and myself, and I think Steve was hanging around too. <clears throat> Great. You know, we're at Westlake Audio, and it was a big deal. So me, and we're all excited. Like Paul McCartney and Mike. This is like the biggest thing. I get to meet my first Beatle, and blah blah blah. We're all. Fired up, you know, and Quincy. One of the only times Quincy ever called me up, and he says, Look, I'm we're, you know, you and Jeff are gonna be together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to send a cassette over, you guys can kind of dig the tune that we're gonna do because this is, you know, this is gonna be the first single. And it's Michael and Paul McCartney's a big deal, and yeah. And we're all like, Fuck, this is awesome, and we're all excited. So we go over to Jeff's house, you know, and Jeff goes, Come on over to my house. they're gonna messenger her to my house. I said, Great. So I go over and we're there, and he's got the Magna planners out—the kind that Walter Becker and Fagan have, and they were all these audio file guys have. And we're all there, we're, and he tape arrives. You know, Jeff fucking rolls a joint. We fucking spark up. Fucking sit there, like, okay, we're waiting for what this is gonna be. And the song was "The Dog Gone Girl Is Mine," <laughs> and we fell out. <laughs> we fell out. We're just went, you're kidding, like, you know. And, and then we realized that they were serious. I was like, okay, well, it was just something Michael had. You know, it wasn't Paul didn't write it. Right. right. But uh, they were going to do the duet. It was just like one four major seventh chords. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Yeah. You know, Beatles, Michael Jackson. You know, right. And this hi, is we were. You know, hey, listen, it was a big hit record. You know, big, you know, gold single or whatever. And it was an honor to be there. and We did the most we could with it, you know. We added parts and you know, tried to come up with some cool, skanky part. Paul really liked, it, which is really. Oh, wow Paul liked what I played, this is the coolest thing ever, you know. And it ended up being they loved it. It was a really positive day for them. But we kind of cracked up the dog, girl is mine. I mean, right? Who would write that? <laughs> You know, and then of course we started going off on other potential possibilities for lyrics, <laughs> you know, as we would do. We ruined one cat's life hard, man. Early on in my career, we were working at uh, Studio 55. This is before the first Toto album ever came out. One of Richard Perry's uh, engineers was started, producer Howard. He was great. And I started doing all the Richard's stuff, thanks to Jeff Bacaro. Before Toto came out, I was always hanging around in the studio. And we, you know, they got hired to do this record with this guy named Kenny Nolan, who's a pop songwriter. I think he wrote Stuff for the Carpenters. And, oh, right, you know, yeah. You know, they in that sort of bubblegummy, way. Nice cat, you know? Yeah. So we did the first day, and it's great. It's Dave Hungate, myself, uh, Jeff Piccaro. I forget. I think it was James Newton Howard on piano, and Paige on organ, or something like that. And it was typical pop songs. We were just kind of, OK, you know, give them your best. You know, and then the next day we came in, we rolled in, and the cat put a song on our chart, on our stands, that was called, But Love Me.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
2: And David Hungate stood up and went to everybody's chart and put the second T on everybody's chart. Yeah, right. And it was a real cheesy song. It was like C, C major 7, C6, the D minor, you know, 2-5, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was really full fromage, man, you know? Yeah. And... And the hook was, too. The hook was really from Ozzy. Um, I'm sorry if you're out there, Kenny. God love you. Uh, We all stood up and said, But love me! And the cat, like, stopped the session. was, like, weeping because we screwed up his song. And we fired (laughs) us. And it was a big scene, you know you know we just didn't that's what i mean was how a, could you
0: not take that well, the <laughs> difference between us and the
2: and the guys that came before the guys that came before us would never have done that you know no. they were much more proper you know the, we we were clowns like we would you know i brought you know i was playing through a les paul and, and different guitar, like they were three thirty five guys you know even though i had one he had to have one but right. you know i was jumping off marshall stacks in the studio and being upstart teenage kids like have, he just gave us the keys to the kingdom. You expect us to just sit in a chair, <laughs> the you know. And, but but when it came time for music, we were very serious about the music. But you know, once we did the takes and once we did stuff like that, right? We just thought it was like okay to do stuff like that. Right. Didn't realize that, like it was. You know, we got into trouble for that. We got fired <laughs> for that. It was great, great way to be fired. But.
0: Man, Kingdom of Desire was one of my fave albums that you Thanks, guys man. and was, you were
2: the you were the main vocalist on that album well by then we had had like four singers that just didn't work out and i had always sung on the records and so did david yeah <clears throat> david sang africa for god's sake yeah you know? so i'd sung a bunch of hits and written them and you know i sang on rosanna and all the other things yeah the high tenor is important but at that point we had worn out the concept of trying to find somebody joseph yeah. was really the only guy that actually worked and he fucked his voice up in the late 80s oh, wow. doing bad shit yeah you know? And then all these years later, came back and he just started doing TV and film, stopped singing and doing, he'd make some records once in a while, but yeah. he wasn't out touring trying to be us or trying to sing like that every night. He just yeah. stopped. And so when we brought him back, his voice is pristine. It's great. Wow. Anyway, getting back to that, I got the job by default. I just didn't want to deal with another, you know, trying to fit another guy, you know, square peg in a round hole. Yeah. All of us growing up together know what we want to do. We want to make more of a rock record. The record companies try to influence us too heavily we got this guy if you do this we're going to do this and then they didn't and it was a messy time i would say you know the late 80s into you know the 90s were a rough time for us in terms of hanging on to success and trying to do the right thing still trying to compete in the marketplace in terms of what kind of music we were still trying to get on the radio or get on mtv and all yeah the old school game of how you made it in the show business and once we said that was our fuck you were going to do what we want to do, record. Oh, so we decided to write album. the record as a man sitting in a room, four yeah. of us. And you know, the idea was that Dave was going to sing half the record, and then he just kept putting it off and going, You do this one, you do this. The next thing you know, I'd sung like 90% of the record. Yeah. Some yeah, people give me it. shit about that. Oh, it was a fucking solo record for Luca. There's like, No, man, it was I just, it, I didn't want to be the singer, I just got the job by accident. But it's a band, it was a band thing, but I loved yeah, about that record, right,
0: I, I thought you sounded amazing, I
2: love your voice, oh, thanks, I think man. you're one of
0: the underrated singers, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, did you I'm feel, not a great singer, but, but no. did you did you enjoy that role on that album, and then going um, into I enjoyed
2: that? the freedom of being back with my friends, playing music that we really felt strong about, that we'd written together for the first time ever, yeah. we had no idea it was going to be Jeff's last record, I mean that's soul crushing to think, yeah. but... We were really excited about getting on the road and playing it because we we wrote it to be Play It Live. It was a little more harder edged. Yeah. Like, believe it or not, we really are a rock band. I mean, a lot of people, because of the singles being the way they are, a lot of people... Put that sphincter tightening name, you know, soft rock or whatever, yacht rock or whatever that's supposed to be. Really, it's yacht just rock, music. God,
3: what a, what well, no, I find it. it I know it's a whole
2: thing apparently.
3: I know, but, but I mean, just think about it. Um,
2: think about the the irony is together. that you know, at least one of us played on every one of those records, and, that, yeah. and that's why you know. And I said something on Twitter once. I said I, I actually replied to the yacht rock station or whatever the fuck was after me. And I said, well, man, if if this is Yacht Rock, where's my fucking yacht, man? I must be the admiral because I must have been on every single one of these records. And somehow it got onto John Mayer's feed, and it became that Africa was becoming a thing. And it was just like, all of a sudden, this was brought to the forefront. Matter of fact, it's so intense that we are characters in a Family Guy episode that's coming up this season. Where we are in the, we are like the Yacht Rock band. (laughs) Which it's hilarious. I mean, I, we, we got invited to a table read down there, and I saw myself as a, you know, I saw us as the band, but I saw myself as a Family Guy character. You know, it was, it was incredible. How cool It was, was like seeing that? ourselves on South Park and yeah. shit, you know, a little caricature of me with a little goatee and a guitar yeah. when they make fun of Africa. I forget, listen, we, nobody loves this shit more than me. Oh, man, I think it's, it's great. It's I mean, I'm not offended at all. I think i thank you, note. Yeah. When we got the script for Family Guy, because, you know, I've been managing the band for the last four years, like I said. They, I get these things sent to me, and the, it was a request. Do you guys be okay with us doing this? I mean, first off, they don't have to ask us. They right. can do it. They have to get a license from Sony, who owns the record. But right. but they were kind enough to send it over, and I saw it, and it was like a dream come true. Because, like, Family Guy is one of my all-time favorite shows of life. You know, Seth can, is my hero. Yeah, now, There's a guy I want to meet. You know, you want to yeah. talk about who you ever want to meet? Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Just to thank him, I sometimes I think they write this shit just for me. The little the little things <laughs> that they add, the little throwaway lines, the little references, pop culture references, were like my time. And he's yet he's ten years younger. <laughs> yeah. So I don't understand how he could. He's I mean, an amazing
3: like, cat, man. You like he. You genius, know. and plus the yeah. voices and the
2: singing and yeah. the whole you know the writing and the the and whole the, and staff, the everybody involved. He's in.
3: aware of. I mean, you know, like I don't know if you ever heard yes. him sing, but. Like he sings, you know, he sings incredible, and he sings back music back, you know, like to obscure shit from the twenties and thirties, man. No, this is a gift. You know, I mean, this debt, guy man. knows, really. I mean, just the, his yeah. whole
2: thing. I mean, yeah. to, to have like three or four different t- yeah. cartoons and be involved in all of it, and oh, he does so much, and, and you know, do most of the voices. For, I mean, it's kind of genius, yeah. beyond genius. Yeah. But to be on that for me is like to be on these silly shows or be a Jeopardy answer. Or yeah, it's the kind of shit that would make my mother happy you know what yeah. I mean it's but you know my kids go my, my old man was a family guy character you know I mean and you know the South Park guys uh, I mean one of the guys from the Simpsons drew me that's fucking uh, so cool we haven't been on the Simpsons but, but that that would be cool but we didn't make the cut there but it's funny, you know, we just laugh at this stuff. Come on, man, I don't take this. I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah. a dumbass fucking person. But,
0: man, player, you guys man. are still relevant. That's what's fucking awesome, and you guys well, are still it. It depends on who you it. ask, you know? <laughs> it really
2: depends on who you ask that question well, to, but thank you. But I, you know, we're I, relevant enough to where I'm still making a living. Thank you very much to everybody out there for helping that. <laughs> I have four kids, you know. How's has Trev going? I see Trev's Trev, great. He's yeah. out He's out with your boys and What's So Not right now. Yeah, yeah. And he's got his band... Uh, uh, ZFG with Mike McCarl's son playing bass and Josh Devine from, uh, was it uh, English band, One Direction? Yeah. Great drummer. And they found the singer Jules is just a killer. Yeah, And they're out there doing it and they're opening for the Winery Dogs next. Oh, wow. Uh, and then some stuff with Richie Hodson, God bless him. He's in Nevermind. What a genius he is. Yeah. Incredible guy and incredible That's musician. A great band. Great, what a singer, too. Wow. Yeah, anyway, uh, cool. they're going to open some shows. Then they're going to open some shows for us this summer. Wow, man! And then he's working with Once or Not too, so he's doing really well.
0: That's going to feel good, right? Like because Trev's always been there playing. Oh that, man, my
2: son! I'm so, I couldn't be any proud. Well, he's, yeah. he's turned out to be such an incredible man. Yeah, he's a, a great human being. I should be so cool. I mean, he's he's a good soul. Yeah, That's you know, awesome, he's a man. kind, positive person. So much so that it kind of freaks people out. Yeah. But he just refuses to go to the dark side, man. He's always know. on the up and up. I mean, he works really hard at what he does. And he's never been, he's not trying to be a shredder guy. He's not trying to be a blues guy. He writes songs. He he has a great arranging ear. He's got great time. And he, and he works his stuff out. He's not going to be the guy you invite to the blues jam. He's not going to, he just plays the right interesting quirky stuff and he writes incredible rips yeah. I mean it's stuff like what the fuck is?" I would never think to do it like that he has yeah. his own little thing and he carved out a little teeny thing for himself I mean, yeah. he's not trying to be a guitar hero he's just trying to be himself. himself songwriting yeah. is really his main Jones you know. Yeah. but he loves to be a hambo and jump around the stage like a fool Yeah, that we I'm have in common <laughs> um, but he just looks cooler doing it yeah no, he's doing great. My oldest daughter, Tina, is great. She's, she's not into music, but she's married to a great guy, living a straight life in uh, Vegas. Then I have an 11-year-old and a, an 8-year-old boy. Wow. Right, 11-year-old daughter and an 8-year-old boy. Damn, man.
0: What's your 8-year-old what boy's name?
2: Bodie. Bodie.
0: That's when we, we were talking. That's my, my son's 7.
2: Okay. So it's yeah. just around that time. Yeah, we, a he's a, a He's a wild kid. He's a wonderful kid. Loves classical music. Yeah. I don't know where that's going to go. We'll see. Uh, no, the girls in my family don't really have the music bug. My my youngest daughter's still up for grabs. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can just you know, ten years from now. I hate my father. <laughs> 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 she doesn't hate her. Though. Oh man! I'm just and
0: kidding. Where, where do you guys take off to? When Europe. You, you go Europe. July
2: 9th, This is which is why I'm looking at this. Sorry.
0: You're all right. It's totally fine. Uh, Say hi uh, for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> everybody, I check. Your, everybody, check your. Oh. Off to <laughs> check them.
0: Well, I, I, I know I should have been checking mine too because I know I've got fucking um. Yeah. Licensing, I got. Um, okay.
3: Well, okay. there's a pause in the action here. I feel like. Uh, I should carry some weight here.
0: Carry some weight. But Sorry man,
3: I mean it yeah. is. No, you're do your thing. What, what do I have to say? I have nothing to say. Well
0: I? you could say how your, great, your gig went so great, because this is coming Yeah
3: man, talk week. about what's, what's going on. What's going on? I'm just playing the guitar, you know. I've got this new project that everybody knows about. It's called The Red Guitar, man. I, I get up and I play, it's like a one man show where I tell a story while I'm playing. About basically what it's like to get bitten by the music bug and live a whole life chasing sound.
2: What What was your first? You're a jazz guy, right? Yeah, what I love th-
3: the way you said it, jazz guy. No,
2: <laughs> no, no. I it say like that was
3: spitting out a bad, you know. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! No, it's quite the opposite
2: of that. No, if you're a jazz guy, I mean, forgive my my social skills are lame. Um, no, I have the deepest respect. That's that's like you know adult chords and shit like that. You know what I mean. <laughs> To, you know, listen, I'm like, studying enough to, to know what that is, and I'm going to try to rock and roll first. Or, you know, a lot of guys like stirring, so we got to rock and roll.